Exploring insights, amplifying voices. Welcome to Beyond Generations. Hello, welcome to the first episode in the Beyond Generations podcast series sponsored by Edward Jones, the keys to financial success and promoting long, healthy, and productive lives for everyone. I am your host, Patrice Dickerson, Equity Strategy Director at the American Society on Aging. Over the past 70 years, ASA has established our role as a strong voice and thought leader on critical systemic issues that influence how we age and the experience of aging. As America struggles with how best to respond to the need for greater inclusivity, anti-ageism, and equity, ASA has emerged as a leader to drive the discourse and to advocate for changes necessary to address these issues in aging. This podcast is one of the many ways we dig deep into important topics, starting to illuminate conversations and bring to light new voices and leaders in aging. One such leader is today's guest, Lena Haas. Lena is the head of Wealth Management Advice and Solutions at Edward Jones. Lena, thank you for joining me for today's discussion. Thank you for having me. Lena, I want to apologize up front. Uh, I'm recovering from a cold, um, but I am so thrilled uh, to have this conversation with you today. I know that Edward Jones serves millions of clients across all age groups. And while each individual investor is unique, they all share something in common, the desire to achieve their financial goals. Outside of the relationships your firm's financial advisors cultivate with their clients, what other resources do you rely on to better understand your client needs and to help them build financial resiliency? We've learned that the key to better understanding our clients is in-depth research. Each year we work with various research partners to gain insights into shared experiences across various age groups. While individual circumstances are indeed unique, this research provides us this valuable knowledge regarding the impact of larger external forces such as the pandemic, market volatility, and the rising interest rates. By gauging the attitudes and outlooks of respondents across various age groups, we gain a better understanding of their needs, their wants, their wishes, and this in turn improves our ability to help them plan and work towards reaching their life goals. You know, Lena, retirement is a universal goal for everyone, but likely more top of mind for those in retirement or for folks like myself approaching their retirement years. What research has Edward Jones conducted regarding retirement and what knowledge have you gained from that research? Great question. And helping our clients achieve their retirement goals, and especially following something as important as the global pandemic, um, but really after any external pressure, starts with gaining a better understanding of how people of all ages and backgrounds are viewing retirement today. 
we must ask ourselves the question, what forces are reshaping how they prepare for this life stage? And in 2019, our firm partnered with AgeWave to examine what are now known as four pillars of new retirement. Those four pillars, health, family, purpose, and finances is what really makes a difference in well-being of retirees and pre-retirees and is very intertwined. Then in 2023, we applied the four pillars framework to take a close look at the everyday choices Americans can make to improve their trajectory and live well in retirement. Our most recent study revealed the most common and impactful course corrections that retirees have made. And even more importantly, it shows that there's a huge appetite and willingness from today's retirees and pre-retirees to make trade-offs, to make adjustments and course corrections across each of those four pillars. You know, Lena, you know, the whole notion of course correction, I think, is uh, so key. And I'd like to dive a bit deeper into this subject, uh, particularly given the negative impact that not only the pandemic has had, but the more recent economic volatility has had on Americans' ability to afford to retire in the manner they had originally planned for. What did your research find? We found that despite some negative headlines out there about the retirement crisis, mm -hmm. there is a lot to be hopeful about. We found that many retirees share feelings of increased resilience, mm -hmm. happiness, freedom, with less anxiety and stress. And in our study, we also defined curveballs and cannonballs as life's changing events, curveballs being the less severe of the two. But then there are windfalls or positive changes that many experience and that greatly contribute to overall well-being. What's really encouraging to see is that despite the curveballs and cannonballs that retirees will inevitably face, they are willing to navigate these challenges proactively and, and with resilience. Two-thirds of retirees and almost as many pre-retirees feel confident in their ability to handle the unexpected. This is much less true for younger um, investors. Only 49% of millennials and 55% of Gen Z feel this way. We did find, though, through our study that women are struggling more with finances than men and could really benefit from more financial encouragement and guidance. A majority of women surveyed said that they have had to adjust their lifestyle in retirement due to financial constraints compared with only 41% of men. We also found that women are more likely to have made reactive financial adjustments like you know, adopting a more frugal lifestyle or downsizing their home. Although a lot of Americans are not financially prepared for a lengthy retirement, we believe the future is still in our hands. 99% of pre-retirees and 100% of retirees said that they are willing to consider at least one of the financial course corrections we included in our survey. 
know, Lena, it's so important to articulate uh, that all is not lost, to have that sense of hopefulness and to acknowledge the resiliency that investors uh, bring uh, with them through their experiences. What are some examples of course corrections that retirees or pre-retirees are making to ensure success in retirement? We are seeing that today, um, post-pandemic, retirees and pre-retirees are showing increasing resilience and willingness to make changes and set boundaries to improve their own well-being um, in their longer retirement. So as an example, six in 10 Americans who plan to retire believe they can afford a comfortable and secure retirement lasting more than 10 years. And today's retirees are approaching retirement with general optimism and enthusiasm. So for instance, working in retirement has a wide range of recognized benefits. About one quarter of retirees surveyed have already worked in retirement and 45% would consider doing so to improve their financial security. Working in retirement can have really profound effects on financial security, earning more income and also accumulating more retirement savings. It can also delay or reduce tapping into their retirement savings and can often delay initiating social security benefits, thus increasing their eventual monthly benefits. They can, in short, generally afford a longer and more financially secure retirement. But what I was really delighted to see is that working in retirement also has non-financial benefits such as keeping people mentally and physically active, socially connected, and feeling a stronger sense of purpose and accomplishment. Other financial course corrections include reducing or eliminating mortgage, uh, reducing or eliminated credit card or other debt, saving as much income as possible during the working years, obtaining supplemental health insurance, developing and following a financial strategy and budget. And in addition, with increased volatility and negative shifts in the economy, many retirees have adjusted by cutting their spending. And perhaps not surprisingly, we found confidence in retirement is greatly improved when working with a financial advisor. More than a quarter of retirees and pre-retirees surveyed said that they worked with a financial advisor and they're more likely to feel confident in their ability to handle unexpected financial changes in retirement than those who didn't work with an advisor. Retirees and pre-retirees alike understood the value of comprehensive financial advice and guidance. And 63% of retirees and 70% of pre-retirees working with a financial advisor, open to doing so, wanted an advisor who provides holistic retirement strategies. You mentioned what you discovered that was, wasn't surprising. What did you discover from this survey that was surprising? Well, we were very surprised by some of the millennial findings 
particularly about how concerned they are about their parents' well-being in retirement. Two-thirds of millennials are concerned that their parents or in-laws may not have enough money to live comfortably in retirement. And furthermore, 83% of millennials would rather know that their parents are financially secure throughout their retirement, even if it means parents pass on less money to them. That really goes contrary to some of the stereotypes out there. Mm -hmm. And then millennials also provided some sage guidance to their parents about how to thrive in retirement, including being frugal and staying out of debt, staying mentally and physically active, trying out new hobbies or creative activities, and spending more time with family and friends. And there were also some surprises when it came to course corrections that had the biggest positive impact. For example, retirees told us that the most important benefit of working in retirement wasn't the financial aspect. It was that it kept them mentally active. And in the area of purpose-related course corrections, adopting a pet, which I can very much relate to as a pet owner, uh, ranked highest in terms of the percentage of retirees who said that their actions significantly improved their lives. That's absolutely fascinating, Lena. Um, so far, we've spent a lot of our time today discussing retirement, but Edward Jones also looked at the other end of the age spectrum. Uh, specifically those that are just getting started in their adult lives and their careers. You refer to this group as Gen Nets. Tell me about this study and what you discovered. Yes, in 2023, we teamed up with Next360 Partners and MarketCast to gain a deeper understanding of the 18 to 34-year-olds Americans and to discover what matters most to them across all aspects of their lives. The SAGE group represents a life stage referred to as emerging adulthood. They're no longer adolescents, but they're the youngest adults representing the next generation of workers, heads of households, consumers, and of course, investors. Our study challenged many of the popular assumptions about today's young adults. Despite the many stereotypes, Gen Next are hardworking, ambitious, and navigating the uncertainty that goes both with their life stage and the social and economic challenges of life today. Lena, what are some of the defining factors of Gen Nets? They're extremely diverse. Half identify as non-white and 17% as LGBTQ or prefer to describe their sexual orientation. Gen Next is also the most educated generation in history. One in three have some college education and one in four have a bachelor's degree or more. That education combined with easy access to information leads them to seek not one or two sources of information, but to consult 
many sources to learn, to plan, and to act. Many have experienced or aspire to experience traditional life events such as marriage, home ownership, including eight and ten who have or want children, but are still juggling jobs, juggling gig work, and other priorities. And although Gen X has grown up with the internet, they value and prioritize meaningful interactions as contributing to their personal wellness, reporting feeling happiest when they're with people they love and care about. Nearly a third also ranked mental health as the most important contributor to wellness. Their main priority is being comfortable. They want enough money to have a meaningful life and they view the pursuit of purpose, not financial accumulation, as the main value of the career. What are some of the common stereotypes about genets, about this cohort, that were proven wrong by the study? So there's an interesting one. Despite being born in the digital era and kind of, you know, portrayed as uh, always, you know, happy on their devices, Gen Next are actually happy homebodies with wow. more than half. Yeah, I was so glad to see that. Uh, with more than half reporting that they feel most fulfilled when spending time with family and friends. And on that same theme, 66% still prefer personal, face-to-face -face connections instead of computerized communication. They find that it's naturally easier to share information in person, they value the trust that you build from in-person interactions, and especially so when it comes to meeting with a financial advisor. Our research also revealed that despite common misperceptions, only 20% reported using social media or influencers as sources of financial guidance, among the many other perspectives that they seek. Next gen, are in fact information omnivores. They seek trusted information, expertise, advice, and guidance from everyone, both online and offline. Lena, many within GenNets started their careers during the pandemic. And I'm in the more recent economic downturn must be quite a burden on them as well. How have factors such as these shaped Gen Netz's attitudes towards and their approach to work and money? What we found is that employer loyalty is less important to this group and that the traditional career ladder no longer exists. They're instead planning what um, the research refers to as a uh, pogo stick careers, where they are highly mobile and move from one job to another. Gen Next are comfortable wearing multiple hats, with many looking for side hustles to fund their lifestyles outside of basic expenses. Only one in 10 associate a career with success and achievement. They want flexibility in where they work and when they work, and they're open to 
non-traditional career paths. Naturally, this group will have diverse financial needs impacting how they save, how they spend, and how they invest. And it was important to understand their needs, and it's encouraging to see that they're open to advice where there may be gaps. For Gen Next, wealth is comfort, it's not luxury. Money is certainly important for them, and it's still the primary word used to describe what wealth includes, but it's not necessarily because of the things it can buy. Rather, it's for the stability, comfort, and the security that Gen Next craves. And while 80% of Gen Next currently view themselves as struggling or merely surviving, they remain very optimistic about their future. And despite everything going on in their lives, they are resilient, they are optimistic, they are action-oriented, and they are seeking and willing to accept help. Speaking of help, Lena, what advice would you give to Gen Nets to help them get on the path to thriving? Gen Next cited a short-term mindset when it comes to their finances, focusing on everyday expenses, budgeting, maybe saving for larger purchases, rather than prioritizing other financial matters. For instance, only one in 10 have paid off college debt, and only about half have health insurance, and less than a third have life insurance. To thrive, those in this life stage would benefit from financial education and professional advice. But only 12% go to a financial advisor or discuss their finances. In fact, the majority go to their parents for advice. While 68% of Gen Next don't think they have enough income or savings for professional financial advice, working with a financial advisor could definitely improve their financial knowledge and confidence and help them feel more in control. The takeaway is that it's really never too early to get started. Financial advisors can remove much of the burden and complexity um, of preparing financially, which in turn frees up time to these young adults, focus on family, pursuing a passion, or just relaxing. You know, Lena, that's really great advice. And I want to, we're, we're coming to the end of our time together. Um, and I want to thank you once again for joining me today and for providing such powerful insights into the many ways people can build financial resiliency regardless of what generational group they belong to. Oh, it was my pleasure. And if anyone turning into this podcast has questions about their own financial resilience, I would encourage them to visit edwardjones.com or connect with an Edward Jones financial advisor. Lena, thanks again. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for the lead-off episode of the Beyond Generations podcast series sponsored by Edward Jones, The Keys to Financial Success and Promoting Long, Healthy, and Productive Lives for Everyone. Join us next week for the second installment in the podcast series 
where we'll discuss seizing opportunities and bridging the wealth gap. If you want to listen again to this episode or you miss a future episode, go to asaging.org's education page. Until then, take the steps to care for your financial well-being now and into the future. This has been an ASA Studios production.